want to ask you to stand uh, this morning as we read this together. Mark chapter 1, and we want to look at verse number 40, a very familiar scripture. And we want to talk a little bit this morning concerning the master's touch. Mark chapter 1, verse number 40. The Bible says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him, and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Hallelujah. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way. Show yourself to the priests, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city but was outside in deserted places and they came to him from every direction. Father, I ask you this morning that you would anoint my tongue. Let me say those things that I need to say. Let us hear those things that we need to hear. Quicken us today. Lord, if we're here today and we're lost, Let this be the day that we find you. If we're here today and we're despondent, God, change us and shake us a little bit and help us move us closer to your promises and to your blessing, to who you are. Help our relationship with you become stronger and stronger each and every day. And we'll give you thanks in Christ's name. And everyone says amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever had an encounter with an individual that changed your life forever? Changed your life forever. Maybe, maybe you had one of those love at first sights with your spouse. You know, when you, when you saw that husband, you saw that wife to be, you had that encounter, that love at first sight. Well, we're told here in Mark of a lady who had an issue of blood for 12 years. Many of you remember that story. She had tried everything. She spent everything that she had with no success. And then she thought if she could just touch the hem of his garment, (coughs) she'd be healed. I've just got to get there touching the hem of his garment. Now, you know the story. She did, and she was healed. And her life was totally changed when she encountered the touch of Jesus. In the verses preceding our text, we read where many lives was changed. When, the, when people met the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want you to look with me, if you will, in Mark chapter 1. If you go up a little earlier in verse 32, the Bible says that at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many that were sick of divers' diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. But when you come down to verses 40 through verse 45, we find an in-depth encounter of a leper who came to Jesus for healing. Jesus touched this man and his life was totally changed forever. If you're here this morning and you've been born again, then you've experienced this touch. You've experienced the touch that we're talking about because your life has been totally changed forever. And some of you know what I'm talking about. But if you have not been saved today, if you, if you have not had the opportunity of coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you can come to know Him today. This may be the day that your life totally changes forever. 
I want you to, I want to point out two or three things to you this morning about this account that we read about in this, in this account of the leper. This leper had a bad disease. It was a deadly disease, as a matter of fact. It was a, it was a horrible disease. Verse 40 says, this leper came to him. And he implored him, he begged him in other words, kneeling down to him. Just You can almost see it in your, in your mind's eye, kneeling down to Jesus, grabbing at him and saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I mean, this man was in bad shape. We, we see him described here as a leper. There, there came a leper to him. Now, I've preached on, on lepers in the past. I've preached on Naaman before. I've preached on even this man here before. And then there's the account where Jesus even, even healed the ten lepers. And we've, we've, we've talked about that and we've preached on that. And you understand what leprosy is. Leprosy is a, is a horrible, horrible disease that begins with little white spots appearing on the skin. They said these spots begin to harden and they turn from white to pink to brown and Become very scaly. These sores then begin to spread all over the body, and it would afflict the face first, and soon the appearance of the face would, would, would change altogether. Sores would begin to fill the rest of the body, and pus would come out and run all over the body. There was a foul odor, and that could not even nobody could stand to be around that odor. Leprosy began to totally consume somebody's body, it would totally alter their looks, it would totally alter who they were. The eyebrows, they said, would fall out. Hair would turn white. A person with leprosy is somebody who is literally rotting away. I don't know if you've ever noticed that before, but literally rotting away. Leprosy lasted, they said, an average of about nine years until the victim would collapse and just simply waste away. And through this gruesome description here of this physical disease, it was a great illustration also of a spiritual disease. Because how many would agree with me that leprosy paints a vivid picture of sin today. We know what leprosy does. We know how it it starts off. It starts off just a little bit, but then again it grows and it grows and and somebody literally, Brother Sam, wastes away and they deteriorate and they rot. Well, that's a vivid picture of sin today. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because in the beginning of leprosy, it didn't really look that bad. It actually started with the individual feeling tired and then spots begin to to appear and then they begin to spread well when you look at that and you compare that to sin in our life sin usually begins with just a little whisper it begins with giving in to temptation and then it leads to a bigger issue let's say that you're tempted by a member of the opposite sex that temptation leads to lust that lust leads to flirting that flirting leads to an affair that affair must be covered by lies one lie leads to another and another to cover up the one before it. You think that you are happy. You think that you're living it up. And then all of a sudden you get caught. You lose your spouse. You lose your children. You lose your family. And you find yourself lonely, broken hearted and miserable. And it all started with just a look that lingered just a little bit too long that led to lust. Which ultimately led to loss. You say, Pastor, do those things still go on today? Oh yeah, every day it goes on. And not only in the world, but it happens in the church world as well. And what about this? What about this? You're having a bad day one day and you're facing great difficulty in your life and you're looking for relief. I just, I just got to have relief. I got to have something to relieve what I'm feeling. And somebody, a friend offers you a pill. They offer you a needle. They offer you a bottle. They offer you some other type of drug that'll numb the pain. And then a week later, you've got another bad day. And so you go to that friend and, and you do that again. And then before you know it, you're 
doing it every day. You cannot live without it. You go to work under the influence and you get fired. You, you, you rob food out of your family's mouth to feed the habit that you're on. Your spouse can't take it anymore. Forces you out of the house. You're homeless. You're miserable. You can't afford to meet uh, to, to, to the next hit that you, get, that you start begin to steal from somebody. You begin to steal even from your family to buy your drugs with. You break into somebody's home. In the process of that burglary maybe, you get shot even by the homeowner. And it all started with simply just one bad choice. You're not, you're not accepting the master's touch. You want to touch from somewhere else where you think that life is, where happiness comes from and where joy comes from. But can I tell you, sin only lasts just a little while. And then hell breaks loose in your life. Sin only lasts just a little while. And all hell comes loose and breaks loose in your life. And you find yourself destitute. You find yourself miserable. You find yourself not enjoying the blessings that you once enjoyed. Now hold on, I'm going somewhere. No one plans to be an adulterer. No one plans to be an addict. Pastor, why are you preaching this on Sunday morning? You're supposed to be preaching something that make me feel good. Well, just hold on, I'm going to make you feel good a little bit. But we've got to talk about some things where we are today. The churches are, are, are being destroyed today by, by this kind of stuff right here. And we think we're partying it up. And we think we're doing all right. No, you're not. You're fooling yourself. And you're deceiving yourself. Nobody plans to be an alcoholic. But one sinful act leads to another. And then another. And then another. Sin is a slippery slope. Sin is a slow fade. Matter of fact, Casting Crown some years ago sang a song that says this. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white has turned to gray. Thoughts invade and choices are made. A price will be paid when you give yourself away. People never crumble in a day because it's a slow fade. Oh, you better hear me this morning. Because you may be sitting here this morning, you may be playing with some stuff. You better stop it. You may be here this morning, you're playing with your religion. You better stop it. You may be here this morning, you're playing and you're looking out there somewhere because you may not be satisfied with, with what's at home. You better stop it and fall back in love with your spouse. You may, you may, you may, be, you may be dabbling in a, in a few little things. Oh, this is not going to hurt anybody. This is, just, this is just prescription stuff. It's not going to hurt anybody. You better stop it. Because before long, you'll find yourself destitute. But also, there's a spiritual side of things as well. For the, for the Christian, Hebrews 12 and 6 says, the believer, the, for, the, for the believer, sin leads to chastisement. It leads to discipline from the Lord. Because Hebrews tells us, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Amen. Romans 6 and 23 says, There's the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that may start off as discouraging, but it ends with hope. Hang in there because this sermon ends with hope as well. Not only do we see a deadly disease that's afflicting this leper, not only do we see a deadly disease that's afflicting you and I as children of God when we dabble into sin and we're tempted in all of these things, in the same verse, we can understand this leper. He comes... He 
He had enough sense, Brother Reigns. He had a plea. I, I, want, I want to have a passionate plea. I want to come and I want to ask my Lord to help me. If thou will, Lord, you can make me clean. If you just will, you can just say the word. If you just will, you can just touch me. This man heard that Jesus is near and he goes looking for him. And once he finds him, he asks for Jesus to heal him of this dreadful disease. He didn't just walk up to Jesus and, and, and he humbly bowed himself down and he professed that he believed that he was the answer to his problem. Can I stop here long enough and let somebody know Jesus has the answer to your problem today. Whatever it may be, he has the answer. All you've got to do is turn around and look to him. He's the author and the finisher of your faith this morning. Hallelujah. And we've got to give our life to the Lord Jesus Christ because if we don't, we'll find ourselves in a devil's hell. Hmm. If there was any other way, don't you think the leper would have tried it by now? He couldn't help himself and no other man had the answer to his problem. Coupled with the physical ailments of leprosy, there's all kind of other things and consequences that, 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 that come along with that. What are you talking about? Would you consider this? Along with this physical misery of leprosy came a social isolation. I've heard of family members on drugs and alcohol. And some of you may, you, you may experience this firsthand. But Brother David, I've heard of some that, that's experienced the drugs and the alcohol so much so that they have to alienate themselves from the rest of the family. Or the family, in other words, has to alienate themselves from the, from the drug addict or the alcoholic. Because all they want to do is take and take and take from them. All they want to do and all, all of a sudden they don't have that love relationship anymore. They have a social isolation. This man with leprosy could be banished or would be banished from the village. No more interaction with people. He would have to leave his family. He would have to leave his friends. He would have to leave his acquaintances. It was unlawful, they said, for a leper to approach within 50 feet of a clean person. On a day like today, a windy day, the rule changed to 200 feet. It would change to 200 feet. He could not touch his family, but he could only see them from a distance. How, how horrible would that be? Some families would bring food. They would bring clothing to the leper colony for the individual. Most families had a funeral service and regarded the afflicted person as dead. He had to wear garments so people would recognize even that he was a leper. Over his upper lip, he would wear a cloth so he wouldn't spread the contamination. If he came in contact with anybody with leprosy, he would have to cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. How would you like to do that? How would you like to do that when you walk in Walmart in the front door? Unclean, unclean. Going to the grocery store, unclean. Can you imagine having this disease and not being able to kiss your wife? Can you imagine having this disease and not being able to wrap your arms around your children with a big hug? What a sad life this man must have been living. He was brought to the place of desperation in his life. And as a result, the Bible said he came to Jesus and he cried out to Jesus, Lord, if you will, you can heal me. You say, so what? I don't have leprosy, Pastor. You may have, you, you, you may have even a worse disease than leprosy. You may have a leprosy of the soul. This is even more deadlier than the, than the actual leprosy. Remember early when I said the wages of sin is death because along with that comes an eternity in hell. Say, Pastor, now you're not really doing a political correct sermon this morning because nobody talks about hell anymore. They don't. 
I mean, we all talk about the heaven. We all talk about the streets of gold and the pearly gates and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to go there because God loves us and he's the God of love, Brother Larry. And he's not going to send us to a devil's hell. No, he's not, but you will. There is a hell. There's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. There is a hell. And we don't, have, we don't, need, we don't need a hell in our life today. Amen. We need Jesus in our life. We need his power. We need his anointing in our life today. Amen. If I would ask you this morning, I'm not going to do this, but let me see a show of hands. How many of you would like to go to hell? I just wonder if anybody's hand would go up. But then let me ask you another question. How many of you are living like you want to go to heaven? I hope every one of us are. I hope every one of us are. You see, we will face eternal separation from everyone and everything you have ever known. You will be in a place of torment if you end up in hell. A place of unquenchable thirst. A place where the Bible says there's weeping and there's gnashing of teeth. A place of eternal fire. Well, pastor, you just don't understand how he makes me feel or how she makes me feel. Hmm. Yeah, but I do know how the Lord makes me feel. And it's so much better than what this earthly guy or earthly girl can make you feel. Come on, somebody. You don't understand. I've got to have these drugs. I've got to have this alcohol. I've got I to do all this stuff to get by. No, you don't. You just need Jesus. You just need the power of the cross. You need the Lord Jesus Christ in your life today. Because the leprosy of the soul will defile everything that it touches. Are you hearing me? Leprosy will defile everything that it touches. The same is true for our physical sin, our spiritual sin in our life. Everything that a leper touched had to be burned, the Bible said. Leprosy, sin, destines us for the things that we have to, we have to burn all those things in the fire. The man that we are reading about today could not remove this disease. You cannot remove the disease of sin on your own. Oh, brother pastor, oh yes I can. I'm just doing this just a little while. And then after about a year or two, I'm coming back to the Lord what if you don't make that year or two what if something happens to you outside somewhere you get outside the covering of almighty God you're in trouble today church you're in trouble you need to be under the umbrella of the spirit of God you need to be under the covering of almighty God thank God when I lay my head down to rest he's with me thank God when I when I wake up every day that he's with me thank God that as I'm going through my day he is still with me amen And he'll always be with me unless I pull myself away. You can't remove the disease of sin on your own. You've got to have help. You've got to have the Lord Jesus Christ. But I've come with some good news for you today. There is hope for you to be cured. Hallelujah. There's hope for you to be cured. I want you to understand something. Jesus was sympathetic. He, He was compassionate. He was sympathetic to this guy. Jesus, the Bible says he was moved with compassion. He put forth his hand and he touched him. And he said unto him, I will, be thou clean. Thank God Jesus didn't ignore this guy. He didn't turn away and walk away from this man. We read that Jesus, the Bible says, was moved with compassion. Aren't you glad today that when you cried out to the Lord, you your cry, he moved him to compassion. He reached down and he touched you. Thank God when I go to him, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't ignore me. He just, he just accepts me just like I am in my faults, in my failures, all of those things, Sister Marilyn. He just comes and he touches me and he blesses me and said, Lord, I've messed up. Lord, I need to forgive him today. I need your touch upon my life. And he's always there. Amen. He's always there. 
But he had compassion on this guy. He saw this man and he was moved with compassion. Matthew 14 and 14. Bible talked about Jesus having compassion on the sick. Bible says Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. In Luke 19, Jesus approached Jerusalem and he was also moved with compassion because the Bible says in Luke 19, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and he wept over the city. It was out of compassion this morning that Jesus suffered the pain and the agony of the cross and he did it for you and he did it for me. Now, if you're sitting here this morning, you can't say that. I'll tell you something, friend. You need to say it today. You need to give your heart to the Lord today. You've tried everything else. Where has it got you? You've tried everything else. If you're here and if you've never surrendered to the Lord, if you're you're headed for that eternal separation that we just talked about a few minutes ago, simply just call out to the Lord because Jesus will have compassion upon you. Why will he do that? Because he died for you. He's already died. He's already paid the price for you. I want you to notice with me that Jesus' reaction to this man. No one had ever touched this man when he had leprosy. brother. No one had touched him before while he was in this disease for several years. If anyone was to touch him, they would be considered unclean themselves. It was strictly forbidden by the law of those days. Don't touch a leper. And along with this this possibility that this other person would also become infected with this horrible, dreadful disease. So I, so I want you to imagine with me the surprise of this guy when Jesus reached out and he touched him. Thank God for his touch. Thank God for his touch. He reached out and touched him. If you're lost this morning, you are consumed with the leprosy of the soul. Your life is covered with sin. Jesus is the only hope of your cleansing. His precious blood is the only thing that can wash away the blackness of sin in your life and make it as white as snow. Did this man deserve this miracle that he got? Did this man work to earn this miracle? The answers are no. He didn't do any of those things. And I I can say the same for you and I. We didn't do nothing to deserve the salvation we received as well. We didn't deserve salvation, but Jesus is offering us today that free gift of salvation. He offered to you at some point in time in your life the free gift of salvation. So we look at this, at this story and we see this disease, this awful disease. We, we, see this, we see this plea, this compassionate plea. We see this sympathetic Savior, this compassionate Savior. And the last this morning, I want you to notice this. And if you don't hear nothing else, then understand this, that in this man, in his life, he had a complete cleansing. Hallelujah. There was a complete cleansing in his life. The Bible says in verse 42, and as soon as the Lord had spoken, what did he say? I will, be thou cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, the Bible says immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. The Bible doesn't say, Sister Marilyn, how it, how it disappeared. I don't know if it fell off. I don't know if it just disappeared. All I know, it was gone. When he come to Jesus, he had leprosy. When the Lord touched him, he didn't have 
have leprosy anymore. Can I say that's the same way with you and I? When we come to the Lord in our sin, the leprosy of our soul, we may come down to, a, to an altar of prayer and we come down sick. But when we ask the Lord Jesus Christ into our heart, we get up a new man. There's a new name written down in glory. It's mine, it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new because I'm walking around fresh and new in the Lamb's in the blessing of Almighty God. My name has been written down. Your name has been written down. He had a complete cleansing as soon as he spoke. I, I, I like that. He was cleansed. Jesus, don't wait, he don't waste no time about stuff. I mean, when, when he does it, I mean, he does it, doesn't he? He, he? he was full of leprosy. He was nearly dead. He needed a divine intervention. He did not just receive the Jesus, didn't just get the symptoms. He didn't do, do a halfway job. He was cleansed. The leprosy was gone. Was gone. We also were worse than sick. As I said, we were dead. But Ephesians 2 and 1, we find out that we were made alive in Christ. The Bible says, and he and, and you hath he quickened. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Because of Jesus, we've been raised from death to life. Hallelujah. This leper was transformed by the master's touch. And I hope that you've been transformed as well. If you haven't, you can be transformed today. Closing, I want to share with you another miracle. I want the musicians, if they will, to come quick. Jesus had some close friends, the Bible says, a story several, a little while earlier. Two day, or one day, two sisters sent word to Jesus, and you, you remember this story, about their brother Lazarus, who was very sick. Jesus took his time returning to their hometown, and by the time he returned, Lazarus, the Bible says, had already been dead and in the grave for four days. Jesus had a plan. He instructed them to take him to the grave. When he got to the grave, he asked that the stone be rolled away. They thought he was crazy. Lord, don't you know this guy's been in there for four days? He stinks. So they rolled the stone away. Jesus stepped forward and he just made this proclamation. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. Well, I feel quickened in my spirit right now to stop and just, just say this. Some of you are sitting on the sound of my voice and you're thinking, well, Pastor, I'm young. I got plenty of time. No, you don't. Pastor, I've got a lot of things going on right now. I really can't afford to sell out to Jesus. Well, if you hadn't sold out to Jesus, you've sold out to the enemy. It's just a simple fact. I don't know who I'm talking to. But please hear me. Jesus desires your fellowship. He desires your relationship. He desires your love. He died for you this morning. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says the dead man, Lazarus, got up and he came out of the tomb. Came out walking in grave clothes. Jesus had taken grave clothes off of him. See, some of us, we're up and we're walking, but we're still dead in our spirit.
We've got to be loosed. The shackles need to be off of our life. What are you talking about, Pastor? For some of you back in 1960, you were dead in your sins and trespasses and God saved you. For some, it might have been 1945. For some, it might have been 1998 or 2005 or 2009 or 2012 or just yesterday. Some of you were dead in your trespasses and sin. And Jesus found you and he came to you. And just like he did to Lazarus, he called your name and he says, Jewett, come forth. Greg, come forth. Pamela, come forth. Brother Parker, come forth. Whatever the name may be, come forth. And all of a sudden, you got up out of your deadness. You got up out of your stinkingness. You got up out of your, your grave clothes. And you come forth and you answered the call of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm not dead in my sin anymore. You may be here this morning and you're lost. And he's calling you today. He's calling you by name. Today, wherever you may be. If he is, then don't delay. Answer the call. Surrender to him today. Right now, you can be transformed in your life by the touch of the Master. You can be changed by the touch of the Master. You can be set free by the touch of the Master simply by his touch. When I was thinking about this message last week, and all the stuff that took place this past week and about Adam and Catherine and this baby. Sister Sue, I, I held this baby in my arms. And, and I think, I don't know if Sister Ruth or somebody said something. It, it, it's just a wonderful feeling. You know, it's, there's just something different about being a, grand, a grandparent. And I guess there is. I just, he, she just captivated my heart. You know, it took Karen four years to get my heart. It took her four days. <laughs> Earlier than that, really. But as I held this little baby... And Katie, I looked at the freshness of this little child, the softness, the smell, the ooing and the gawing or whatever, and the stretching. And I said, boy, this is wonderful. The thought come across my mind, which I want you to stay with me now. That's exactly how the Lord wants to do us if we'll let him. He wants to take us in his arms. He wants to hold us. And he'll look at us and he'll say, this is my child. She's mine. He's mine. So often we run around in our sin and we don't give God a second notice. We don't think about it. But God, the creator of life that give you life, that died upon the cross for you, that shed his blood so that you could be saved, all he wants to do is take you and just touch you and hold you in his arms. And we feel like we've got so many other things that we've got to do. We feel like we've got so many other obligations that, but we just don't have time. We can't afford to serve the Lord. I'll tell you something, you can't afford not to. And the Lord wants to take us. Sister Mavis, and just hold us and look at us. Rub our cheeks and pinch our cheeks, if you will. And let us know that He loves us. He wants to caress us. What's stopping us from coming and selling out to the Lord Jesus Christ? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me real quick. I'm not going to make this altar call long, but boy, I really feel in my spirit there are people here that you need to make a decision today. I don't want to embarrass you. I really don't. But I want to tell you something. 
The time is short. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And He wants you to be part of the family of God to come up. He's calling you today. He's calling you today. I don't care what you've done in the past. I don't care how far you've, you've, you've walked away. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to the Lord. All He cares about is if you'll acknowledge that and just come back to Him. Come back to Him. Father, Lord, I feel such a stirring in my spirit this morning about those that may be here today that doesn't know you as their Lord. It's not living for you. And God, I, I just pray this morning that what I've said, very simple, very simple gospel message, and maybe that's why you've laid it on my heart because you knew people would be here today that are lost in their sin and they need a Savior. They need Jesus. And if they are here today, Holy Spirit, I pray that you're compelling them and speaking to them in such a way that they need to give their heart to you right now. Oh Lord, do your work today. Do your work today, I pray. There may be those of us that are here today, God, that's, that's been serving you for some time. But yet we feel despondent. We feel like we've alienated ourselves.